And hello everyone and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we are transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, twitcasting.tv, hey, and our various networks. It's great to have you all here being part of our program today as we're going to be talking about God's mighty angels in the book of Zechariah chapter 1. And of course, our lines will be open, 321-END-TIME, 321-363. 8463 is the number for our Q&A. You can text in or call in with your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, Lord. Just make Zechariah so we may grow closer in our relationship with you and learn what we should be learning. Let pray for a blessing on others listening in, and we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. And today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Arantura, Calvary Chapel Broward, and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information here on www.twave.tv. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Great to be on, brother. Thanks for having me on yet again. Yes, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Every week the Lord blesses us with a new week where we can reach the lost and encourage God's people. So, Nate, tell me, so what are you up to? You're always in some brand new adventure. Well, uh, at the time of this recording, uh, Dr. David Reagan, our founder and director of Lamb and Lion Ministries, and I will be leaving tomorrow for the Mid-America Prophecy Conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Folks ever want to get a chance to get out to Oklahoma and if you're not from Oklahoma, you probably don't think there's much there, but there is. <laughs> Tulsa has a great three-day conference hosted by Philip Goodman's ministry, so uh, check that out. Uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries, of course, always continues to produce our weekly television show, Christ and Prophecy, which you can find that on our website at lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. And uh, I myself am uh, getting ready to submit my first book to be published this week. Uh, it's called Twelve Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It's co-written with a pastor buddy of mine, Steve Howell, Excellent. and uh, it's basically a book to teach people how to grow in their faith, and it uses the lives of the minor prophets and about how they overcame different faith hurdles and what they learned, so that we can apply it to our lives. So we're, we're pretty busy here, man. How about you guys at the Calvary Chapel Aventura? That's fantastic. I'm busy trying to be like Nathan. No, but <laughs> <laughs> that is so exciting, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I can't wait. Well, praise the Lord, brother. We're, we're excited about doing the Lord's work as much as you are. And yeah. I think if anyone's uh, listening in or watching, then they must be excited too. Well, Nathan, it's actually, I am taking a journey through the Minor Prophets myself on Wednesdays as part of the Truth Will Set You Free ministry. So I'm, I'm right behind you. Excellent, excellent. Well, I mean, you've got the whole Bible school of prophecy. And uh, wow, what a, blessed, what a collection of, of archives you have of all those teachings. Thank you, Nathan Jones. We're, we're, we're excited because we believe that this is a great subject matter and it's one that God wants to use mightily to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So thank you, Nathan, for sharing that with us. And Nate, real quick, before we start our program, would you be able to share your contact information once again, just in case someone is new to the program? Sure. Well, if they want to know more about Lamb and Lion Ministries, it's a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, our message is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And folks can check us out on our website, lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org. Mm, excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. Again, we're very excited for what God is doing and just this incredible uh, subject matters that we're covering in the Word of God. You know, Nathan, you and I, we've done a number of series. We talked about God's mighty angels. And 
the book of Revelation, also in Daniel. And now, Nathan, as we look at Zechariah chapter 1, once again, we see introduced to us these incredible beings that God uses mightily in Bible prophecy. And in Zechariah chapter 1, uh, you opened up the scripture for us. You gave us an incredible overview in Zechariah chapter 1. And Nathan, before we continue, just in case maybe someone is tuned in for the first time and they were not, they were not part of our opening segment, will you briefly be able to uh, recap for us a little bit of the opening there in Zechariah chapter 1 before we move into the... Uh, the incredible uh, declaration of God's mighty angels in Zechariah? Well, Zechariah was a young boy who returned with the first group of Jewish exiles. They'd been in Babylon for about 50 years, and uh, King Darius had finally uh, sent them back, and uh, excuse me, Cyrus, and then King Darius uh, supported them in rebuilding the temple. And so they, the Jewish people are returning after Israel was decimated by the Babylonians. Unfortunately, the place is a disaster. The Samaritans are constantly persecuting them. Uh, they live in poverty, and the, the Jewish people are really struggling to rebuild their country again, and particularly the temple. So that's where we're going to put Zechariah. He was a very young prophet who ministered at a time uh, with, a, with a very old prophet named Haggai. And together they encouraged the people, and this is what we covered last week, they encouraged people not to worry about dwelling on their houses so much and right. building their lives, but to put God first, and then they would be blessed. It's a, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well, as, as uh, the Bible says. So it's very important they put God first, and they forgot. But they, they got on track, brother. They listened to the prophets, unlike their forefathers used to do, and they started rebuilding the temple again. Ooh, that, that is super exciting, Nathan. And, and I really love, because you mentioned last week, that this is one of those books where God's people actually obeyed. And because of that, we see the blessings that are going to be talked about that is going to come upon them. True, true. I mean, of course, you know, they need to, we all need to be building houses and eating and, and working <laughs> and do jobs first. Yes. But, uh, you know, they've given up. They, they didn't think that God was strong enough to build his own temple. And uh, they let the Samaritans push him around and the the new Persian king to, to question whether Cyrus actually made a decree, but you know the the prophets were like, move forward, go ahead, yes. start building the temple, and just trust God that He'll make it happen. And brother, that's what He did. And in this section that we're going to get into, uh, God gave Zechariah eight different visions that He would use to encourage the people to keep working on and to trust in God. Oh, that is fantastic. And Nathan, that's what we're going to look at. And also, we're going to see who is involved as these visions are given out. Again, as we see uh, these incredible uh, opening uh, verses there from verses 7 and on, as you take us through this incredible journey. Would you be able to take us through Nathan 7 and on? I think this is fantastic. Certainly. Well, this is really neat, too, because we're actually given the date, which can be translated when we get these visions. It's February 15th of 519 B.C. Excellent. So... This is where God's going to show Zechariah eight visions, one right after another. And uh, so the first one we get here is vision one. It's the horses. And like you said, it's chapter one, verses seven through 17. And it reads, On the 24th day of the 11th month, which is the month Shabbat, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet. And I saw by night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse, and it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow. And behind him were horses, red, sorrel, and white. Then I said, My Lord, what are these? 
So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. Mm. So they answered the angel of the Lord who stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro throughout the earth, and behold, all the earth is resting quietly. Ooh, I love this, Nathan. And here we're introduced again to this incredible scenes uh, in the in, in in the Word of God. And uh, again, I, I think at first glance, Nathan, when we're talking about the horses here, is very easy for people maybe to flash back to Revelation <laughs> chapter six. But this is totally different here. Yeah. Those who read through the Bible, they immediately assume, well, these four horses are the four horsemen of the apocalypse that we read about. And uh, that's not the case. Uh, these horses are very different. Uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse are symbols of things that will happen during the tribulation. But these horses are sent out, and uh, their job is to go in and look around the earth. You know what's great about this? Uh, this, we're talking about angels here, is the reference to the angel of the Lord. Brother, yes. that is the title for the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ himself. In other words, uh, when Jesus came first at the first coming, he came as, as Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph. But before, whenever he'd show up in the Old Testament, he would show up as the angel of the Lord. I love that. And that was his title. So we're talking about Jesus here. Jesus is the one who's sending these horses out. You know, and that's why, Nathan, as we talked about God's mighty angels, and sometimes people, we, we don't want them to get confused by thinking that Jesus was an angel. So I'm so glad that you clarified that for us. Yes, no, it's not like the Jehovah's Witnesses who think <laughs> that Jesus was the archangel Michael. This, this is different. Uh, they, that was his pre-incarnate title. We know that the angel of the Lord isn't just a angel. He accepted worship and praise, unlike any other angel, especially we see him with uh, Abraham and with yes. Gideon and, and others that he was given special worship, and he was worshipped as God himself. So it is the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ here who is trying to encourage his people in building his Father's temple. Mm, I love that. And Nathan, you know, I see also here the Apostle John had an incredible experience where, again, the Lord talked with him. And I see the same situation here with Zechariah, right? As he's speaking and explaining certain things that are going to come uh, in the future. And we see that oftentimes in the prophet, Ezekiel, and so on. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do that. And again, these, these horses are not the horses of Revelation. There's a, the, we got red and sorrel, which is reddish Different, brown right? and, and white. And, and the color schemes don't match the, the four horses of the apocalypse that also has black. And so uh, these are different ones. But you know what's neat about this and, and this vision that Jesus gave Zechariah is that the horses are walking to and fro throughout the earth. And they're doing it to, to find out what's going on. And they report back to Jesus, and they say, all the earth is resting quietly. Now, what a thing to say, because, brother, when has the earth ever rested quietly? Excellent point. Especially not in our time. It certainly isn't right now. And it wasn't then. I mean, sure, the Jewish people were at a time of rest, even though they were still under Persian control, and then later Greek and Roman. But the Lord is, is giving a vision of a time where when the temple is built, we're talking about the millennial temple here, the earth will be at rest. Yes. So God will return to Jerusalem, and with mercy he's going to rebuild his house, and there will be a time then of peace and rebuilding that will come to Israel and the entire world. And brother, I look so forward to the millennial kingdom. Think about it, world yeah. peace, but it has to be instituted by the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing, Nate? And as, as you, uh, again, in a reference, as you taught through the minor prophets, we see Malachi 
uh, uh, Micah, excuse me, chapter 4, that incredible time where we will experience that peace, where there will be no more war, where the earth will really be resting at peace, <laughs> not what we're experiencing now. No, no, there's, there's no world peace right now. Last I checked, there was 38 wars being waged across the planet right now. Of course, we think of ISIS yes. quite frequently and all that's going on in the Middle East and terrorists all over the world. It's not at peace. But here, Zechariah is given a, a vision, a short-term peace, which the Israelites were looking for after coming back to Israel, but a long-term peace, which is the Millennial Kingdom. When Jesus mm -hmm. rebuilt his house, his Millennial Kingdom, and he rules and reigns from Jerusalem, and the Jewish people, the remnant who is accepted in the Savior, will be a priestly people during that time. And we, who have been resurrected from the dead or raptured, will be in our glorified bodies. And we will serve Jesus Christ as rulers, uh, sub-rulers to Jesus, as teachers, administrators. And we will serve the Lord throughout the, the time of peace and righteousness that has never happened on this planet, but will happen in the future. And brother, I think part of this vision is given to Zechariah to encourage yes. him, to encourage the Israelites, yes. and to encourage us that there is a time of peace coming. Absolutely. And Nathan, I was just about to say that, and maybe you're watching, maybe you're tuned in, and you're in need of encouragement. Well, this passage will do that because there is good news in the Word of God. Again, you're tuning into a Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, our guy, again, for Q&A. If you want to text in your questions or your comments, the number is 305 992 9537. For those of you watching us live via twave.tv as well and twitcasting.tv, you can post your questions and your comments there uh, on our blog. But Nathan, again, I, I really, you know, we're living in a time right now, even the United States of America, election is around the corner. There's a lot of chaos, a lot of situations going on. Uh, uh, I mean, we're talking about deploying uh, armies again to that area uh, of Iraq, Nathan, because of the instability around the world. And, and people really want to see a true peace. But really, that's going to come really in the time of the millennium. According to Bible prophecy, as we get close to the end times, things are actually going to get worse. Wars yes. and rumors of wars are going to increase. And, and so this idea that the UN or, or we can get together right. and buy, yeah, brother, and, and bring peace to the world isn't going to happen. Humans are incapable right. of making world peace. We need Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, to come. And the Bible is resplendent with verses that talk about the Millennial Kingdom. And here's just another example of a time coming where there will be peace and righteousness and justice and no more war. Praise God, Nathan. And yes, if you can continue to take us here, Zechariah chapter 1. For those of you that are just tuned in, again, follow along with the Zechariah chapter 1 as we're looking again at uh, uh, this incredible passages that's being revealed to us in this incredible uh, uh, angelic being. Of course, here we're talking about Jesus himself uh, bringing about these things. And, and Nathan, uh, as, well, as I look at uh, the following verses, again, we see these other visions being unfolded. Yes, we're now to vision the second one, which is called the vision of the horns, and it goes from verses 18 through 21. And it reads, oh, I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. Didn't I? I'm so excited to get to the second one. But, uh, I noticed let's, that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get to the comfort of Zion first, which is part of that, and then we'll get back to vision. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Verse 12. Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah? Again, which you were angry these seventy years. And the Lord answered, and the angel who talked to me with good and comforting words. So the angel who spoke with me said to me, Proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with great zeal. I am exceedingly angry with the nations at ease. 
For I was a little angry, but they helped, but they're with evil intent. Mm. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I am returning to Jerusalem with mercy. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and a surveyor's line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Again, proclaim, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, My city shall again spread out through prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and will again choose Jerusalem. Wow, Nathan, this is an incredible passage. Uh, I, I love this because it clearly is talking about time periods here, right? Certain events are going to happen. He's angry. He said, exceedingly angry with the nations at peace. And then we see a little bit of a turmoil there before that millennium peace comes. Yeah, and that's what's called the tribulation, or as Jeremiah 37 says, the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a time where the whole world will unite against Israel and uh, for the purpose of its destruction. Matter of fact, by the time Jesus returns at the second coming, the Antichrist, a one-world leader, will unite right. the world's armies against Israel in an attempt to obliterate it. But brother, that's when Jesus comes back, and we saints will be following him, and we will see Jesus destroy those armies. He will destroy the Antichrist Absolutely. and his false prophets. He will send Satan into a pit for a thousand years, and then... The Lord will show his zealousness for Zion, and Zion is another name for Jerusalem, mm. that that will be his capital city. He will rebuild it. He will set up the millennial temple, and there he will rule and reign in peace over the whole earth. And this second section here confirms the vision of the horses, that finally the world will be at peace. That is amazing. And that's why we see, that Nathan, the muzzle in here, we see that seven-year period called the tribulation and the events that are going to unfold. The Antichrist, the uh, false prophet, uh, they're talking about those that come with evil intent. And you're absolutely right. But then comes the incredible time that we're so looking forward to in the millennium. Yeah, yes, exactly. And <clears throat> you and I are both saying seven years. And we're saying that because of Jeremiah, excuse me, Daniel. Yes. Daniel was given the seventh week of Daniel, which is seven years. So and folks are wondering, <clears throat> Why the tribulation will last seven years? Daniel tells us that. But we know it's also a time to get the Jewish people to give up their secular humanism and other yes. false religions and turn right. to Jesus Christ. And they won't do that until Jesus Christ returns. Excellent point, Nathan. Excellent point. So now, because you were so excited and got ahead of yourself, right? Now we'll jump into the next one. <laughs> yes, I do apologize. I got really excited about the vision of the horns here. Uh, then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, What are these? So he answered me, These are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen, and I said, What are these coming to do? So he said, These are the horns that scattered Judah, so that no one could lift up his head, but the craftsmen are coming to terrify them and to cast the horns out of the nations that lifted up their horn against the land of Judah to scatter it. Mm, excellent. Nathan, I, I love this other passage because here we have, uh, you know, in the time of the tribulation, of course, we find there were bold judgments, trumpet judgments, right, and the likes. And here, once again, we're describing other uh, uh, incredible visions, but these also have great meanings. It does. And the, the interpretation of what the horns are has been widely debated. Yes. But many of the biblical scholars believe that each horn is represented by a country that has persecuted and scattered the Jewish people over history. That would be Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia. Now, God will avenge what happened to the Jewish people. Now, he used these nations, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, and Persia, to punish the Jewish people for their continued rebellion against them. But that doesn't mean 
that Jesus gave up on the Jewish people. He will punish those who punished his people. So it's infinite interesting how God works. He yes. will use an evil people to punish another evil people, but then he will punish them for doing the punishing. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, but for the whole purpose of getting everybody to come back to repentance. And that's what God wants here. He's going to send avengers, the craftsmen, to beat yes. back the uh, those nations. And so a time of regathering for the Jewish people back into the Holy Land and a time of safety uh, had come to Israel at that time, but will definitely come when Jesus returns. Excellent point. And Nathan, in that, every, every, uh, we see like Nebuchadnezzar, he was an instrument, the Bible tells us, in the, in the hand of God. And God can do whatever he wants, whatever he pleases. So you're absolutely right. And oftentimes he'll use these nations. Uh, to, uh, in a sense, discipline Israel. But then sometimes the nations get a little haughty and they recognize that they're, they don't recognize that they're just a tool, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. It, it, it is interesting to see that because the Lord wants His people who swore a covenant with Him to represent Him to represent us, to, to be holy to other yes. people, to, for people to look at the Jewish person and say, wow, you know, you really love the Lord. Who is this Yahweh? Tell me about Him so I might get to know Him. And they felt miserably about that, and they failed, and so God exiled them out of their country, And uh, but he regathered them back. We are seeing today a second regathering. Yes. The Romans in 70 AD, again to punish the Jewish people, scattered them throughout the world. They rejected the Messiah, and so they were scattered. But now we're seeing them come back. And we know that when the Jewish people come back, that Jesus Christ isn't too far behind. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And you know, I, I, as I think about our country, America, man, I think uh, we're, we're in trouble, Nathan. And sometimes God will use others to discipline uh, those that sort of like lift themselves up and puff themselves up too much, you know? It's true. The United States is very different than any other country ever in that we're a country founded on a covenant promise that we made. Now, it's not a, a binding one because it's not like God made the Israelites, but we started this country on the foundation of religious freedom yes. and worship of God. And we have strayed so far from that. I mean, the, what are people championing now? The gay rights and abortion and, and debauchery and, you know, it, it doesn't represent God anymore. And so if the United States is not going to represent God anymore, we too will face similar punishments to what uh, the Israelites did. Brother, we've yeah. been seeing natural disasters. Yes. We've been seeing economic problems. Yeah. We've been seeing a breakdown of family and society. And always after that, if the Israelites did not respond, then that's when God sent invaders. And I believe, brother, that we're th what we're seeing with ISIS and terrorism is part of God trying to shake us to turn back to Him, Absolutely. to repent and be examples of Christ yet again. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we, we want to pray. We love America, but this country needs a lot of prayer, and we see history repeating itself, right, Nathan? And we're not exempt. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Any nation that, that says they're founded on Jesus Christ needs to act it, and we're, we're not. And brother, it's a serious problem because it's an advanced stage of God trying to bring us to repentance. Uh, does it, what it means is that we're not really that far off from either full-scale invasion or full-scale economic collapse yes. or the nation just fading away like any other empire. And brother, I live here. My kids live here. I don't want that no. to happen to this nation. We need as a nation to repent and turn yes. back to God. And that's when we will see the blessings flow once more. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Thank you for clarifying that for us. You know, Nate, also verse 18, I noticed that Zechariah 1, again, as you read for us, it says, then I raised up my eyes and looked, and, and there were four horns. And you made a great point regarding 
these nations and horns oftentimes refer to that, right? Powers of kingdoms of nations, like in Revelation chapter 17. Yeah, the Antichrist is called the little horn. In Daniel, we see different horns represent different countries, like uh, each, uh, excuse me, uh, Greece having yes. two horns. Uh, they, there's all sorts of different horns that are represented in the Bible. They represent strength and power and right. weaponry, and here they represent nations as well. And there's also that question, I like uh, verse 21, there's always a clarification. It says, what are these coming to do? Uh, so he said, these are the horns that scatter Judah so that no one could lift up his head. But the craftsmen are coming to terrify them. Can you continue to talk to us about this vision, Nathan? This is amazing. Sure, sure. And to clarify, when I said uh, Greece with the two horns, that's the four horns. It was the Medo-Persian Empire that had the two horns, one longer and one shorter, because the Medes were a smaller group right. of Persians. But um, with the craftsmen, now that's interesting. The four craftsmen. Mm -hmm. Who are the four craftsmen? That is much up to debate. It could be uh, angelic beings. Uh, it could be leaders like Zerubbabel, who is a major player here, and who will lead the Israelites into following God, right. into rebuilding the temple. Uh, so, brother, I don't know who the, the craftsmen are. They literally could be angelic craftsmen, but whatever they're going to do, they, they have the power to terrify the nations that come against Israel. Yes. So, brother, I think they're more than just uh, four guys who are, who are good at home improvement. You know, they're, they're, they're bigger. They, they represent something. I like uh, that. What they represent, I, I'm not sure. Yes, they're not the home improvement guys you see on TV. Uh, Nathan, no. <laughs> that's a very good point because, again, we talked about God's mighty angels being involved in prophecy. We see them in the book of Revelation. We see them throughout, right, Nathan? We see them holding the four winds when we open up in Revelation chapter 7. So quite possibly, I'm in agreement with you. Oh, well, good to hear. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, clearly it, it, these are nations that have persecuted Israel through time, and God's going to get them. Now, that should be a warning to nations today. Brothers, yes. uh, the U.N. is insane when it comes to constantly being against Israel. It, just recently, the, the Commission on Women's Rights declared that Israel, Israel, is the worst violator in the entire world of women's rights. Is that insane? I mean, worse than the Muslim countries that keep the women in burqas, the thing or they make abuse up. them. Pardon? No, I'm saying the things that people make up. Yeah, they want to sanction Israel. They want to hit, hit them economically. I mean, there's a tremendous hatred of Israel uh, today. And the Lord doesn't ignore that. Mm. He doesn't just forget it. He will deal with it. And those nations that are coming against Israel will be nations that one day will be destroyed by God at Jesus' second coming. Nathan, that's why we always, uh, we, we love America. We recognize that God has a plan. But we also need to be very careful, America, where we stand with Israel, right, Nathan? Because that's going to determine a lot in our future. Well, historically, we've been very strong with Israel. Uh, certain presidents have come and gone with different levels. But this is the first administration that's ever been pretty much openly hostile to Israel. Uh, President Obama could care less about Israel. He definitely sides, excuse me, with the Islamic nations. And that puts America in a very precarious place. But it's not even the president. The people, when the yes. people support a president who's against Israel. And we're seeing a growing uh, levels of anti-Semitism in the United States. It's, it's, so the whole nation then comes under judgment. Yes. So, brother, I think one of the reasons America's been blessed like it has since World War II is because since World War II, we have stood strong with Israel. Absolutely. And when that wanes, so our strength will wane. 
The excellent point, Nathan. I know we only have a few minutes left to the program. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy, TV, Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Zechariah chapter 1, God's mighty angels at work here, Jesus himself. And again, our lines are open, 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463, if you'd like to text in with a question or a comment. Nathan, again, we see that as we open up the program, we're talking about encouragement, and I really believe that here these scriptures are laid out for us, that when we obey, when we trust God, when we follow God, when we listen to God's prophetic voices, and we turn and do the right thing, that God blesses. And I oftentimes say that you and I, Dr. Reagan and many others, are the prophetic voices today calling out via the internet, via TV, via radio, to encourage people to open up their eyes and recognize the times in which we're living in. Right, Nathan? Right. Frankly, Graham, just Frankly, recently, yes. been coming out with a number of statements saying that America needs to repent and turn to God or we will be judged. Brother, it is a historical fact. If we ignore the history of the Bible, where Israel continually rejected God, they continually fell under punishment until finally they were exiled. Brother, I don't want that to happen to the United States. We need to repent, not just for our own sake of blessings, but to restore our relationship with Jesus Christ. Excellent. That's what matters. Excellent point, Nathan. I love that. And of course, we want to talk to you that are tuned into the program. Maybe you're watching us live via TWave.tv or you're listening TWave.org or even a Twitcasting. God has a wonderful plan for America and also for your life. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is urgent for us to recognize that if we don't have a relationship with the Lord and if the Lord were to come back, we would be left behind in the tragedies that are coming. So we want to encourage you to come to Christ now while there is still time, and Nathan, in our closing moments, would you be able maybe to share with that person how they can come to Christ right now and avoid these judgments that we're talking about? Well, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And that's what the Bible tells us in John 3, 16. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Repent of your sins and ask him from your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to forgive you of your sins. The guilt and burden of the punishment will be on him and not you. And someday you can stand before God one day and have a relationship with God forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones, for sharing those encouraging words. And maybe you are watching and listening and on the other side and you trusted in Christ as Nathan just uh, encourage you to do. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call at Texas 305-992-9537. It will be an encouragement for us to know that you've trusted in the Lord as your Lord and Savior. Awesome. Well, Nathan Jones, this has been an exciting opening passage, chapter, Zechariah chapter 1, and I know there's a lot more to come, so we want to encourage our listeners and our viewers, stay tuned. Same bad time, same bad channel next week. Nathan, thank you for, again, opening up these scriptures for us. Have a great day. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. And again, we thank you all for tuning in. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. We pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And remember, the Lord can return at any moment. So let's be ready and doing what He called us to do in obedience. Have a wonderful day.